Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Kim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A great day to talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Great Day to Talk. It is a great day to talk. Yes, it is. Episode 32. What? I know. Insanity. It's like um, half our aged half. So, like, we'd be 16. Half our aged half. Oh. I'm not quite wait. there, actually. So, half that's our kind age. of an exaggeration, wait, but no, almost. No, no. Half our age. Yeah, half. Uh, okay, that's too much. That was okay. math. See, you should never start with math. No, nope, especially shouldn't. this person should never start with math. So, <laughs> you know, uh, Dad, that's not your fault. You did marvelous with um, a student who was me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So we want to welcome you to the podcast. Uh, I'm Kim Michelle, and I'm here with my great friend, Miss Jill. Hello. <laughs> and. Uh, traveling today so not with us but hopefully having a great time uh, is miss patty who won't be joining us today but in the physical space <laughs> but i'm sure that she is uh listening and uh we'll be talking we just won't be able to hear her right which will fill the vibes i know i wonder if a lot of people meet with me and say that would work for me kim michelle if i could <laughs> You know, <laughs> just hear you not talking. That would be awesome. Oh, no, no one would say that for sure. We want to sure. welcome you back from uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. And yeah. hopefully you all had uh, an amazing holiday, Jill. Oh, my gosh. It was so fantastic. I, I really liked having it on Saturday. Yeah. Did you like having it? Well, you guys Mine had it was on the regular traditional. Day. Yeah. Yep. And then Patty had hers on Saturday. I mean, Friday. Friday. So it was just, you know what I really liked about it? I liked that um, I had a couple of days to ease into the chaos mm -hmm. after leaving the chaos at school. School, yeah. And that was really nice. And, um, it was so great having my dad down. It's the first yeah. time he's been down um, to stay overnight. Well, you know, two nights um, in two years. Yeah. And wow. so that's a really long time. That is a long time. And um, my niece and nephews, I just adore them. They're so much fun. You know, one is 20, one is 19. Well, just going on to that. And, uh, and then my other, my nephew that is a freshman and I just, they're so much fun. And then my sweet, sweet niecey who is nine, nine. my nephew who's going to be three oh. on Judd's birthday. I mean, it was just so great to have them. I That's loved every good. minute of it. We had a really good time. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. And I'm you so had glad. a house full. We did. We had a Jeez house full. Louise. I think we had like 33 or I don't know. I didn't count past that, but Whoa. to our house. And uh, it was lovely. It was really lovely. Um, 
so it was hard yeah. to have our first Thanksgiving without Keith there. Yeah. Uh, every time I'm serving up a piece of pie, I'm just thinking oh. of thinking of Keith. And uh, so, but it was good to have everyone else together that could be there. I have a couple of sons that couldn't make it, but hopefully we're going to see them um, over the Christmas holiday. So it was just, it was really nice. And even though we had a full house and it was busy, a lot to do to get ready. um, The day of, you know, Scott did all of the meats yep. we actually deep fried our ham this year as How well as that? deep frying our turkey delicious was it really it was all crusty and caramelized on the outside oh. and then really nice on the inside so we had our spatchcock chicken <laughs> i mean turkey <laughs> and that was delightful and uh oh and there's stephanie yep super lovely and yep we missed keith so, and we did have a couple of dogs that went down, ceramic <laughs> dogs that uh, won't be joining us. So we've given them, we've put them in a nice little ceramic box and buried it and said farewell to um, those little bulldogs. So anyway, it was really nice. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. I was, uh, I don't know how you feed 33 people. Well, we had help. People brought things and then, you know. Um, I have, I'm really blessed with a wonderful layout in my kitchen kitchen and dining room and my, and my great room. So, um, we could put all the food out and it was a beautiful day. So we could eat out on the patio right off the kitchen. So everybody had a place and, uh, that they could go to and eat and it was still close to everyone else. So you yeah. could still jump into conversations, whether you were invited into the conversation <laughs> or not, which is exactly what the holiday is supposed to be about. So, and Stephanie's kids are always so great about, uh, you know, okay, to the kitchen. Yep. And they just clean it up. So it was, it was really lovely that way. That's so great. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, really perfect, great. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. So um, this is a difficult transition to make, yeah, kind of, just... to where do we go from? Well, actually, we're going to go from a place of thankfulness and gratitude around the holiday and into a place of thankfulness and gratitude that our kids came home from school safe today. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, news from yet another school shooting um, and at last count for dead. And what was it, six or seven injured? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. in Michigan that took happened yesterday. Yeah. And that's like a silent, like, I, I don't know where to go. And I feel like sometimes I feel like we don't know where to go with the conversation. And so sometimes then we don't have the conversation. And we've talked about this topic. It seems like every time there's an incident, we talk about it. And one of the reasons for this that we came together to do this show was to share the conversations that we would normally be having. And this is definitely a conversation that we would be having, not only because we're educators in the classroom, um, and who love our students and want to make sure that they're safe and protected and that right. we're safe and protected when we go to work. Right. Um, 
So that's one reason, but also just because it's important that the conversation be out there and nothing will change if we don't have the conversation. And even as we've talked about it before, it's a delicate conversation to have because it can be so polarizing and immediately people want to take sides. And if you say something that isn't aligned with the side that they perceive that right. they're on, right. then it can shut down the conversation really quickly. Pretty quickly, for sure. Yeah. So then the fear becomes, well, I don't want to be shut down, so I just won't talk about it. But if we don't talk about it, we'll never move to solution. Right. And this demands solution. Absolutely, 1,000% demands solution. So if that means we have to be talking about it every day, we should be talking about it every single solitary day. You know, it's interesting because... Um I was thinking about when I first started teaching. And so I started in 98 uh, and Columbine happened in 1999. That was the first of like the first mass school shooting that I could ever remember. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends and family were really scared because I had just stepped into this new career yep. that had this incident. And I was looking back at statistics just because I'm just, it just feels like it's all the time. There's some shooting somewhere yeah. all the time. And uh, the year I graduated from high school, 1986, there were uh, only, not only, listen to this. It's like um, school shootings, K through 12. There were, I think it was four school shootings and from, or maybe, no, maybe six from those school shootings, only two died and four were injured. Mm -hmm. And here we are now. And, um, just in 2012, when Sandy hook yeah. happened, elementary school, 20 kids and six staff members. And I, I really, Kim Michelle, I just really like, I struggle understanding the whole element of it. You know, um, we now have uh, several generations of kiddos that have gone through, well, I don't know, how do I define generation? So my son's a senior, his entire school career has been um, filled with trainings every year of how to hide in a classroom for yep. shooters. And that in and of itself would just seems to add so much anxiety. Yeah. You talk about the training. Um, one of the things I heard about the shooting yesterday is the uh, shooter actually said, Hey, what is it? It's the sheriff. I'm the department. sheriff. I'm the sh it's the sheriff's yeah. department. You guys can come out now. Yeah, let us out. Let come me, out, yeah. come out, bro. Yeah. Which is part of our training, right? Yeah. Wait in the classroom until yeah. law enforcement or one of your administrators comes back and gives you the all clear. So clearly that's going to have to be changed now. Well, because this has, young boy. It well, has been bro. though. He said bro. That's, well, that's that's what gave it. Those, I saw the kids on that video and you can immediately sense the shift in energy as soon as as soon as they heard bro and it was like okay that's not really law enforcement that is the shooter right outside right. of our door trying to get us to come out and, and the teacher they, and, yeah can you imagine that teacher yeah i mean what he must be thinking now what if i mean he was on the verge of opening the door right and 
whatever space he's in right now thinking about, I almost did that. Yeah. And how that's going to be a part of who he is now. It's going to change who he I is. I hope he chooses to to own that he didn't do it. Exactly. So that's the part of that that you get to, uh, that I would encourage anyone who's been in something similar to that, which <laughs> hopefully we'll see fewer people, but that they aren't in the place of, oh my gosh, what would have happened if I had a, right. had opened that door versus right. thank goodness I you didn't. didn't open the door. And as soon as you realize that, that, that what, who he was, you then got the kids out the window right? and they fled. But you can sense the energy shift with those kids from, wait, what's going on here? Because this was all in five minutes. What's going on here? Is this a drill? Is this you know, whatever, right. to all of the sudden a real sense of this is for real right? and my life is in danger and- How do I get out yeah, of here? Yeah, how do I get out of here? Yep. Yeah. Flight, flight, flight. Um, and I just can't imagine what the parents of those, I can't imagine what the kids are going through, what right. the parents of those kids are going through. Um, and I can't imagine- well, let's talk saying about goodbye to your child in the morning to go to school or go to work. And that's the last time you're going to say, have a nice day. Right. Goodbye. I'll see you after school. You know, on the same token, too, we have the family and the parents of the shooter. Mm -hmm. And what. I mean, it's the same thing they sent or they left the, in the morning. Yeah. Um, and said goodbye or see you this afternoon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and that whole side of the story is traumatizing too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely traumatizing for, I think, everyone involved. The, I think part of the issue is, obviously, trauma has already happened prior to this. Right. Because that's part of the reason why I think you're seeing it so often in in just 2021, the statistics for 2020 are skewed, right? Yeah. Because uh, we were out. We were out. A lot of a lot of schools weren't open. A lot right. of people were right. shut down and homeschooling and all of that all kind of, of thing. Quarter, yeah, we were gone. And in some places, more than that. The oh yeah, yeah, early. You know, uh -huh. yeah, in a lot of places. So those statistics are kind of um, le less. Well, they're more ambiguous because of the circumstance. But already in 2021, we've had 28 school shootings, active shooters in schools. 20 of those have been since August 1st. 20. Yeah. So not even last year. No. Oh. And we're not even through the year. And already we have 28 who have lost their life to a shooter on campus and 86 who have been injured in a, as a result of that. And I just think that, like, I, are there easy answers? No, because if there were easy answers, we'd already be doing that. <laughs> it wouldn't be a situation, right. But just because there aren't easy answers doesn't mean we shouldn't be doing something. Right. And that, and, and therein is the crux, right? Because it's so, for, whatever reason, so many things just get politicized. And I, and this one has just become so politicized. Yep. And I, I mean, I raised my kids 
And like many of us, <laughs> so many of us raising our kids in an environment where they have to learn, they go to a place where they have to go, right? They right. have to go yeah. to school. Uh -huh. I mean, and already we've got kids that that's not just, that's just not their jam. They don't want to go. Yeah. But then you add in this issue of safety and we know that, you know, the very, very base of our needs are safety, right? Security, safety, security, and, and that higher thinking, according uh -huh. to Maslow cannot right. happen unless no matter how much you want it to happen, right? Unless those basic needs for survival, shelter, food, food, water, clean water, until those are fulfilled, you can't yeah. even get to love and belonging, then you can't even get to you know, um, the next level, which is exploration uh, beyond love and belonging, and then right. ultimately self-actualization. So, yeah. um, well, there's so, a seventh level now, but we'll talk about that right. later. <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, it's like, so we've raised this full generation and I, I can't even remember how long I, I just know that for each event, each year or each couple of years, we have new procedures to to implement and you know we we look at this generation of kids and how they struggle with depression and anxiety and we know there are so many big factors that are feeding into that things that I did not have to face yeah. things you know of course social media is huge and that we know is causing detrimental harm to not only kids and teens, but adults as well. Sure. And we know that um, this fear and anxiety of going to school and practicing things, you know, I mean, I remember doing the earthquake drill and I remember doing the fire drill. And I remember when I was young, how much the earthquake drill upset me. And that's just an earthquake. Yeah. Right. So I can't even, you know, I mean, it, it, when you think of it in terms of that, it makes more sense as to why we've got such a larger group of anxious kids mm -hmm. coming up the pike. Well, I think that's, I think that's part of it for sure. I think part of it is that, um, I, so I taught for like 19 years and then I left education for 16 years and then I'm back into education. This is my first year back. And what, there's there, not that much is different except the technology, that's very different and that's on me. That's something I get to become more skilled at. But as far as the students and the parents and the climate, I think that more things are, this, are similar than they are different. One of the things though that I would say that feels so different for me is the the way in which we converse and relate to one another. Mm. Yep. And I don't just mean uh, like faculty to faculty or I mean across the board. I mean human the way to that- Human Yeah, imagine <laughs> that. You know, the way that um, kids talk to other kids and the way that um, they will talk to a teacher or even the parent conversation, a lot of that feels different to me. Right. 
And I think that they that kids can't recognize that because they don't know it any different. Yeah, they have no frame of reference. So it has to be up to to the adults to uh, let them know that the the language they use with each other and the joking that they do one with another especially in this time of additional stress and potential isolation because social media also allows you to be completely um, isolated from human experience, except in this forced environment now where you are expected to have some type of ability to interact with each other, but maybe lack the skills to be able to do that. At some point, we we have to figure that out because this young man very young this boy because that's what he is didn't even have a driver's license yeah this this boy um feeling so isolated does not justify his actions. so i i want to put that out there in my mind because that action is not justified period right However, you can also look at it and understand how someone who feels so isolated and so alone and picked on and doesn't feel like there's, and this is my assumptions based on what we know right now, which isn't everything, but can feel so alone and isolated uh, that either they would self-harm or Harm others. Harm others. And um, I think that that is an important conversation that the adult world needs to be having so that we can figure out how to have those conversations with our kids that aren't adults yet. (laughs) Because I see it all the time, throw off remarks and comments that someone may say that they think they're being funny in the hallway or whatever, but that probably are really hurtful. Yeah. Well, you know, sarcasm is, uh, (laughs) I'm really good at using it. Um, And I have to be really careful with when I use it and with whom I use it. And I, I think that kids don't really get the full nuances of sarcasm. Yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of adults, adults get it get yeah. it either. You're right. Um, I don't think I don't know that um, even the conversation around the other thing I would say that I feel is very different is this idea of personal responsibility and accountability. And um, certainly, you're responsible and accountable for the choices and decisions that you make. And I think if we could teach kids at some level that even more and more, that it's as important as understanding how to do that math formula, and it's as important to be able to understand who is the author of the crucible. You, part of your responsibility as a student and part of my responsibility as an educator is to also be in that conversation with you. The conversation around what does it mean to choose to come from personally being personally responsible, not blame or shame or guilt, but just from a place of accountability and responsible. And that in this instance, there were indications that people were aware. And I think in like over 60% of the school shootings, someone was aware and knew. In 93%, 
they the shooter has been planning it for a period of time. Yeah. yeah. And it, one thing we know about kids is that they may not talk to you as an adult, but they're talking to each other at some level, even if it's a throwaway comment or something. Some someone out there had an idea of what was going to happen. And maybe we haven't created a safe enough place for kids to be able to come and share that. Right. I don't know the answers to any of that because there's so much to it. And, and I look at what educators are now responsible for. And I think about what parents could be responsible for as well. Yeah. And it feels really overwhelming. Yeah. It feels really overwhelming, both as a mom and as an educator. Yeah. I saw that Stephanie posted up there that the shooter was also um, charged with terrorism because of the trauma that has been now inflicted on that school community. Oh, absolutely. There's... There's no doubt um, that that is a terrorist act, uh, for sure. Right. Um, and I think designed to be that because I think that's well, that's what terrorism. I mean, that's it's to instill great fear. Yeah. In a group of people. Yeah. By this young man in yeah. particular, yeah. because he was, from what we understand, he wanted people to be afraid. Yeah. So, um, I think. I think sometimes when we have big, big conversations like this, it's like, I don't know what to do because there's A, B, C, and D, and we can't do any of it. We can't do A until we figure out what B, C, D, and E are. Right. And I think maybe we've got to choose to take a different approach that says, listen, can we all agree can we all agree that should, shooting should not take place? Even if we can't agree about how, what all the solutions look like. Right. I think everyone could agree that uh, when your child goes to school in the morning, they should be able to come home safely. Agree. Um, I think we could all agree that uh, your, our children and our educators and other workers that are in these locations doing their job should not have to be afraid of being shot while they're on campus. Agreed. I think we can agree about that. So do we have to have all of it figured out before we do anything? Or are we just not committed to doing anything and using that we can't figure it all out as the reason for why we do nothing? Oh, gosh. That is heavy, and I would like to think that that isn't how we do it. But have we seen any movement? It, all we've, all I can recognize is um, procedures in teaching us how to be safe within mm -hmm. an environment where there is an active shooter, in an environment where outside in the community is a potential active shooter. Um, you know, there's been a couple of incidents in St. George that I don't know if everybody is aware of, but um, <clears throat> not very many years after Desert Hills opened, um, there was a tragic uh, sh self-inflicted shooting there. Um, not long after I left 
Pineview after 17 years and went over to Desert Hills, there was a bomb brought to school. And, and you know, right outside the other side of the wall of my classroom yeah, was where it was left out there in the lunchroom. And then, you know, it was when I was still at Pineview, there was the bank robbery and hostage situation Yeah, where we stayed at school until like five o'clock and we were locked into the buildings for obvious reasons. And my son has been around for all of those. My three, mm-hmm. son, my three sons. <laughs> haven't have, seen that show in a I while. I didn't even know that. What is that? That breaking news. Breaking right news. Here. <laughs> Jill has three sons. Mm-hmm. We don't know who the third is, but <laughs> but they've both experienced that. When I was in high school in '86, my graduating year, I'd never even heard of a school shooting. Yeah. And so, I feel like right now it's all a matter of procedure and keeping people safe. I haven't seen any movement towards solution. Yeah. And it gets stuck at an argument between gun rights and taking away gun rights. Right. That's where I'm so hung up and aggravated because we can't get past that. Is there a way, is there a way that we can honor a person's right to have a um, a weapon, a gun of some kind, and create policies that help protect students and teachers and workers. Because it's not just schools; we're seeing more shootings, mass shootings, in workplace environments. Right. So it isn't just in our schools. I think it's obviously really something we're sensitive to because we work there, but also we should all be sensitive to it because you're talking kids here. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It's the vulnerable population that they don't get a choice. They don't get a choice. They have to come to school and there isn't, I have seen no movement around or there, I have seen no change. Right. Because it always comes back to those Arguments. basically two polarizing positions. Right. Uh, and there's not the conversation that, well, you can't do this because that violates my right here right. or whatever. But what if we could have the what conversation? What if we could have the conversation? Yeah. And what come if we to resolution? could create some kind of a resolution that we don't have to figure out all of B, C, D, and E, but we can work to figure out how to keep guns out of our schools. Right. Instead and of instead how to of provide services for kids, mental health services, um, safe environments. How can we do those two things? It, it, even if it was just those. Right. Well, and honestly, keeping them out of schools for me, in my heart, means that we don't allow concealed carry in school settings. There's no reason in a school setting. And people will say, well, but I want to be able to protect myself. You know what? I do too. And at the same time, that just perpetuates it. Uh, there's so many, there's so much um, research that's been done and studies that have been done about even owning a gun for your own 
to protection for right. protection uh-huh. that the introduction of a gun increases the likelihood of death and dying right because that's what the purpose of a gun is i know we can argue that it's for deterrence but if you're a conceal somebody else doesn't know you have the weapon so it can't be deterrence right all right. You're just pulling that out because your adrenaline is yeah. up. I, you know, I'm not against SROs, student resource officers. In fact, I am grateful that the trained and educated people of that uh, job yeah. are in our schools. Me too, because I don't ever want to be told that I have to. Right. Right. Have a gun right. uh, in my classroom because I could not come back from that. Even I'm, if right. even if I did it to save other students, if I had to actually use my gun on a student um, and I I could not come back from no. that. No. Nope. So, you know, I don't I don't. And I've heard that conversation. We should weaponize all of our I, teachers. Exactly. I, exactly. I'm saying no. Right. Me too. Yeah. Loudly. Yeah. They, they, that's, you know, that's, that's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. That is a hardcore deal breaker because that is not what I am willing to do. It's not what I'm designed to do. Yeah. And it's not, it it just isn't. Yeah. It's not who I am. And, um, so there are, I would risk myself for my students, yep. but, um, yep. Yep. yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Uh, and I think part of the conversation then also has to include, uh, how are we not keeping weapons out of the hands of minors? Right. Um, so, I mean, it's a huge responsibility and I, and I'm not in a place of judgment around those who have weapons because, you know, Scott group grew up as a hunter. His whole family did. I didn't, they were to- that was a totally new experience for me when I started dating Scott, uh, that whole idea of right. hunting and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't grow up around them. Um, and so I don't, I don't have that frame. Yeah. And I don't have, I, I'm, I'm not in the position that no one should have them. Right. Right. Because I know that there's a lot of great family experiences that they shared as a family that was around their hunting. Well, that was and, me. That yeah, was my family. Exactly. Yeah. So it, I don't, I, this is not that conversation. This is just a conversation about, okay, then how are you securing all of your weapons to ensure that someone who should not have access to your weapon or to your gun gains access? That to me is just an accountability and responsible conversation. Right. Sean, did you have something? Yeah, I've I've been sitting here listening and my head's been spinning around. I've been trying to, I keep trying to quantify all the world's problems with a single sentence or something. Mm. And the one that's coming to mind with this one is that we, I think in general, have become too prideful to respect the things that are bigger than us. Mm. Um, A gun and what it can do is bigger than what you are. A individual in authority, a teacher, in a teacher-student situation, you know, you don't have the, you know, there's a lack of respect for those that are uh, above, uh, bigger than you. And, and I think we've gotten 
Like, no, 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 nobody. I'm on, I'm on top of the food chain. And I don't think we understand, A, our place, which then allows us to be disrespectful. Mm. We don't respect life. We don't respect people. We don't respect objects and the harm that it, they can, it can do. And so that, that's kind of where my mind was yeah. going, was a, a, a lack of respect for things bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. I don't know what the whole um, solution is. I don't even know what this itty bitty part of the solution that's is. That's it. That's it. It's like trying to break it down. But to say I don't know and therefore I can't. That, I think, is an excuse that we just can't choose into anymore. So what is it that I do know and what is it that I could do versus do I have to have it all figured out before I can do anything? Anything. So securing weapons, I think, has, in my mind, is an important critical part of the conversation that we should be having. Another one is, uh, and whatever people are people all have their own opinions but i would like to see more security around purchasing at gun shows yeah and i don't mean a security officer standing there i just i feel like it's so easy to get guns and it's not just gun shows i just know it's so much easier and i i hear the argument out there i do that more re- more regulation simply means that your law-abiding people are the ones who won't have weapons right. and then the criminals will. But here, here's what I would say. I hear the fervor from those who are gun advocates. I don't believe another regulation is gonna stop you from getting your gun. I, I don't believe that right. because I know how much you value um, the safety you feel with that, the recreation you feel with that, your right of ownership. So I don't believe a regula- an additional regulation of some kind is going to actually stop law-abiding citizens from getting their weapons. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, when you're dealing with a minor population, a young population whose mind is not fully formed yet until they're 21. Oh, for males, 22 to 24. I was going to say 40. So we'll just (laughs) go with that. Okay. Um, When they are feeling up against it, they don't have skills on how to deal with that. Then they're going to access whatever is available to them in order to demonstrate their angst or to try to show that they do have power when they feel powerless. So there is, even even if um, it increased some of your illegal weapons on the street, more regulations, which I don't believe that's true because we have plenty of Uh, weapons on the street now and we have really not a lot of restrictions on gun ownership like you talked about in terms of gun shows and purchases there right but it might keep a weapon secured or away from someone who's going through a bad moment in time and lacks the critical thinking skills to find a way out of that situation rather than taking a gun and going to school. And then obviously we need more mental health support and services within the schools. Big, 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 big. Well, within communities, purity, 
period, mm-hmm. but especially with well, schools. and not only more, but more financially accessible. Yeah, agreed. Because, you know, I know of plenty of people who have chosen to not seek help for either themselves or a child um, because they can't afford it. Yeah. It's a real, it's It's like a luxury item. And that we, we get to change our thinking about that because if that just stopped one of these 28, I mean, one of these, yeah, 28 shootings that we've seen this year, if that saved one of those lives to just invest in our kids, we talk about it all the time. Uh, Part of that is we've got to have accessible holistic approaches to mental health within the school system, I think, and not expect me to be that person. Yeah. Yeah. Because teachers, you know, I'll do my very best, but I'm not that person. We're not trained. Right. Like we, it's not my degree. And, and you're right. We, uh, we do the very best we can at loving and supporting and creating a safe environment in our individual classrooms. We work at building relationships with individual students, making connections with individual students. That just comes with being a teacher. Yeah. That's that's not um, teaching or training or mentoring or working Skill with. Skill sets. Yes, and yes. Yeah, just like I wouldn't ask somebody to come in and teach my Beowulf. Right unit right now um, with some level of understanding and appreciation around that. Sending me in to be the mental health professional with someone is it's don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm going to love them the best way I know, just like you said, but I don't have that skill set training necessarily to be able to, I have more than some because of the work I did in the public sector when I was out of teaching, but even then I don't, I don't have that. And it needs to be a holistic types type of approach. Um, and I think Scott's right when he says doing nothing is never the answer to solving challenging problems. If we step into something and it doesn't work great, then we'll, we'll be in movement and it's easier to move when you're already in movement than it is to get movement going and momentum going when you are stagnant, when you're not in any movement whatsoever. Right. Or, or just simply throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly. You know, it's adjust, evaluate, look at what's working, look at what is not working and tweak where you need to. Yep. But starting somewhere, there's there's got to be movement somewhere. Yeah, I totally agree and I one of that all one of those things is that each one of us can do. Every single one of us can do without legislation, without petitioning our school boards. One thing that we can absolutely do is be in conversation with our kids and be in conversation and take what they're telling us seriously. Even if you're like, uh, I think that's a joke. I it, I would rather There's take it no seriously yeah. and err on the side of uh, caution. caution and safety than not take it serious and then try to live in my world when I potentially knew something and didn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And those kids that knew, bless their damn hearts. Yeah. Because the percentage of kids that know and are fearful and don't say anything, anything. the statistics are unbelievably high. Yeah. 
You know, I like to believe that every student has a teacher or adult within their school community that they feel like they could have a hard conversation with um, and trust that adult. I know I'm blessed to work with Jill and Patty, who I know that that's their heart as well. And I work with many great teachers that work to be that person that somebody could come and have an honest conversation with or feel like they can be protected when they don't feel like they're being protected. Well, you're one of those two, Kim Michelle. So definitely, most definitely. And I think we just get to do more of that. That costs us nothing. And at the same time, that alone is not the solution. So do I know what it all is? I don't think either of us do. But I know it's not sitting around and waiting for somebody else to come up with it. And it's talking and having the hard conversations. And this conversation is hard. And I tend to, you know, avoid the news at all costs because of how hard the news is to me. And especially, you know, with school shootings, we, the only way we're going to come up with solution is having dialogue and discourse. That's right. That's the only only way leaving it up to somebody else never works out in the end and yes every single person is we're all spent we're all busy we're all pulled in 50 different directions and can we let that be the excuse moving forward yeah no i don't think we can i don't so, think we can either um i just want to thank you scott um his comment i'll guarantee that Both of you have helped to prevent school violence by treating your students with honor and compassion. I, I, I hope that's true. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd like to, yeah, believe and hope that that. And I'm going to do more in the future to to be that even more because our kids need it, folks. They need adults in their life who are mentoring for them, who are modeling for them. Rooting Respect, for them. Rooting for them. And holding them. Holding them accountable. To, yeah. I think that's rooting for them, honestly. Yep. yep. Uh, because I believe, and I know I get some pushback on this, but teaching um, accountability, responsible, not accountability without judgment, which just simply says, what is my role in where I'm finding myself right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then acknowledging that, that that level of accountability, I think is one of the greatest gifts that as a parent, you can give to your children. And as a teacher, you can give to your students. Um, and that we can give to each other, even within the adult spectrum, because there are plenty of adults who don't do that either. <laughs> right. It's not just kids. Yeah. Kids, not grow, just kids. kids grow into big people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Uh, so I'm sure we um, at least stirred the pot. Well, and isn't and I that think the that's goal? A good thing. Really? Because mm-hmm. then people will talk and hopefully talk in a discourse sort of a way. Yeah. And hopefully people, hopefully some of you out there will dialogue with your people and maybe you'll be the one to come up with a, a solution based idea. Yeah. And dialogue with, uh, you know, other, if, if even this, send somebody, if you heard something here that you're like, gosh, more people should hear that one statement than mm-hmm. edit everything else and just send them that or right. whatever, right? right? But sharing sharing the pain um, and 
It doesn't have to be my child. And understanding that, that the world changes when it is your child. But why don't we change the world now so it doesn't have to be my child? A to the man. Yeah. So thank you for being with us on um, a more um, maybe somber but hopeful, hopeful uh, podcast. We love you. We we can't wait to see you again next week where Miss Patty will be back. Bye, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week. Get out there and talk. This has been a production from a podcast studio.